0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on
1: 630 Chad
0: 10 seconds left
1: victory formation for the Blue Bombers The clock is now empty.
0: Zero. Zach Calaris. Last snap of the game. He holds on to it. He goes down on a knee. The game is over. The Blue Bombers have won the West Division Final. They're going to the Grey Cup for a rematch with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And this was some spectacular, sensational, dramatic knockdown drag drag-em-out football game, Doug Brown. Oh, that is Bob Irving, the longtime play by play voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on CJOB in Winnipeg. Of course, Bob joined us last week. That was his final play by play call as he is retiring. And the man who is his color analyst and who he referred to at the end of that clip, Doug Brown, joins us now. Doug, welcome back to the show. Did not mean to. uh... Well, how do you feel emotionally hearing that after having lived it yesterday with Bob right next to you?
1: Yeah, I mean there's a there's a lot of stuff to to process there. Obviously, you think about the the roller coaster of just the game by itself and then, you know, you try to uh put yourself in the shoes of of the man next to me who's, you know, been doing that for half a century and then covering that team exclusively for that extent and uh it's a lot to uh to unwrap, that's for sure. A lot to think about. So it was uh It's a difficult broadcast, uh, largely because uh, the window was open and we had minus 20 uh, wind chills coming into the booth, but he wouldn't have it any other way. And uh, that's how he connects to the people that are are listening to the game, and and that's how he gives them part of that visual that he's able to describe is, is by being out there in those elements and experiencing them.
0: How many years did you work games with Bob?
1: Uh, right after I retired, so uh, 2012 would have been my first broadcast uh, up till uh, 2021. So. But I also worked with Bob, I, uh, I think in 2005 is when I got my first radio show as a player with CJOB, and Bob was instrumental with that, and he's just, uh, you know, anytime I've been involved in the media uh, throughout the years, whether it was the 18 years I wrote columns or, or the time I spent in radio. Uh, you know, Bob's—he's uh, always been there as a confidant and uh, a mentor and uh, a friend, most importantly.
0: Like what? What did you learn from him, or did you come to appreciate? <laughs> like, oh, wait a minute! Like there, there's way more to to uh, <laughs> being an expert broadcaster than I thought. And Bob's the guy who's already an expert.
1: The <laughs> well, anyway, first thing you learn from Bob Irving is how far or how, uh, how far you have to go, or uh, how much you have to learn, or, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things, or, or how much work you need to, uh, to do to just even hang out with him, you know, in that respect. To try and be on the air with him and, and not look foolish or, or, or slow or behind or getting in his way, it uh, takes a lot of work, and uh, uh, it was uh, quite a humbling process, uh, you know, getting the opportunity to, to work with him. Uh, even when you think you're on, he can just, he can shift gears on you. And it's, uh, it's pretty incredible for someone that's 71 years of age, just how automatic and reflex uh, the broadcasts are for him. So he's just, you know, one of the things Bob leaves with you is just how professional he is. You know, he uh, he doesn't shy away from difficult questions. He knows things that have to be asked, but He's uh also disarming and he and he does it in a way that uh, you know there's no malicious intent there's no ambival- ambivalence he's uh, he's just uh, he's a professional he's a gentleman and uh, he's just so highly respected and uh, he's a, he's adored uh, by the fan base in in all of Manitoba
0: yeah awesome well I, I love how you describe him and working with him that's uh, that's excellent uh, Doug Brown joining us tonight on inside sports okay so the game. Uh, I saw most of it, but I, you know, I was getting ready for my weather's broadcast, and then obviously I, I was on air for the last part of the f- fourth quarter. But I was, I was watching as much as I could. Um, okay, like, why, why? What were the bombers? The, all the turnovers in the first half was that sloppiness, nerves? Was the Sask defense playing that well? What's your take?
1: Well, uh, you know, uh, I think it was just their first time really in, in those kind of conditions. I mean, they practice in them. They hadn't played a game in them. And, uh, you know, they came out, they weren't, people were worried about them being rusty. They executed at a very high level. Their first three drives were all down the field. Unfortunately, you know, the first one, you, you got a guy wide open in the end zone for a touchdown and he bobbles it and it gets intercepted. And the second drive, he connects with uh, Walatarski on the one or two yard line. And, uh, you know, that that is uh, punched out and fumbled and returned almost the other way for a score. So when you're talking about a game, you get yourself into 14-point swings, right? Or, or at least 10-point swings or six-point swings or whatever, right? When you when you can score a touchdown or a field goal at one end and then uh, you don't have ball security and you, they end up scoring a, a touchdown or a field goal on the other end. Those are massive momentum and morale affecting swings in this game and it was just uh you know they had a a case of the yips in uh in football terms i guess Uh, i think it was uh i think it's one thing to practice in those kind of conditions and and not be able to have a handle on the football and it's another thing to do it in game conditions saskatchewan actually they put the ball on the deck three times themselves the difference was is that they recovered all three of theirs and the bombers lost the football six times in this game, which uh, is largely a death sentence for any team in professional football that, that loses possession of, of the ball that many times.
0: Did you ever have doubts?
1: (laughs) Oh my God. yeah. 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 I mean, just the way the first quarter started, we were so impressed, like you say, by the way they were executing and how dominant and how easily they methodically they marched down the field but they didn't come away with any points. And, in fact, you know, Saskatchewan was coming away with points. And, and Saskatchewan was getting great field position and, and starting because Zach Claris made some super ill-advised throws that I just couldn't believe. It was like all the mistakes they hadn't made throughout the entire regular season all manifested into one game and largely in the first half. And it was uh, – we were pretty incredulous. But once you take a deep breath and it's halftime and you step away – And you're like, okay, the Bombers have turned the ball over four times so far in this half, and they're only down by three points. And you're like, you know, that's probably not going to happen again in the second half. I mean, granted, there were two more, but um, you understood that they still had an opportunity um, as poorly uh, as the offense played in terms of retaining possession and ball security. You know, the defense kept that team in the game. And one of my favorite quotes uh, I, I read after the game, after they pulled it out, was, uh, the Bombers are so good, the Bombers can't even beat the Bombers, meaning in the sense they can't even beat themselves, you know, when they uh, turn the ball over six times. They still couldn't author their own demise when they had every reason to not be successful in that football game. It, uh, it blew my mind.
0: Oh, I like how you put that. Well, they, they are pretty good, and I, I expect them to beat Hamilton. How do you look at this matchup?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it was weird because I was like, I was going through the, uh, I was thinking about this this uh, radio spot I was going to do with you, and I'm like, I don't remember going to Hamilton this year and seeing the Bombers play, you know, the Tiger Cats. I'm like, I only remember them at the start of the year, and I'm like, how is that possible? And then I remembered COVID scheduling, and I went through the schedule, and there was only one game this year between Hamilton and and Winnipeg, and it was that rematch of the 2019 Grey Cup that they kicked off the regular season with. So um, that game was won by Winnipeg and uh, I've watched Hamilton to a degree, largely due to the quarterbacking carousel they have, but, and uh, they've been real, they've been through some real peaks and valleys in this season. Um, It's funny. Bob told me all along, uh, he expected Hamilton would be representing uh, the home birth and the Eastern uh, conference in, in the gray cup. And, I think we both had our doubts at different times, but they got there and and all that matters is the kind of football they're playing now, but uh, they certainly haven't had, uh, or they've certainly had their fair share of adversity through this season. It's funny, it's a 2019 matchup, but if I look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of 2021, I compare them to 2019, even without a guy like Chris Strebler, I think this football team is better. So it's, uh, it's going to be a, a difficult game, I think, for Hamilton unless they can conjure up a magical six turnovers again. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't think that's going to happen again.
0: Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you something else here because I've, I've always enjoyed chatting with you over the years about your career and, and your perspective on just some of the things you went through <laughs> as an athlete and some of the philosophies you had. So, so I'm going to do that here. And I'll, I'm you know, I'm going to start with an Oilers story, but I'm going to relate it back to just your experience. The Edmonton okay. Oilers uh, do not play well generally early in games, and sometimes for the entire first period. And it's now starting to bite them a little more than it did earlier in the season. So they do not play well. Was that
1: again? What was that? They don't, again? Play,
0: did... they don't play. They don't play very well early in games and in the first period okay. in general. they're they're poor starters and you know i work with with rob brown who used to play in the nhl and he says you know it's up to the players but you know we have people calling in and say well the coaching staff has to do something Why why don't they try this why don't they try that tell me a little bit about your game preparation and ultimately um if you were ever on a team that didn't start games well who whose responsibility it was to get out of that funk
1: Wow, Um, man! I, I think a, a warm up is a is a big part of it. Um, you know, you want to be, you want to get yourself, you know, uh, breathing heavy and 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 fully, you know, limbered up and, and loosened up, and, and you want to take your snaps. I mean, we would always have uh, individual periods with the offensive line, and and then there would be team periods and, and warm up. And I always took those quite seriously because you, you got to make sure your reads are on point and, and you're you're honed in and, and such but I mean you play the game long enough you're bound to be on a team that that you know doesn't come out of the gates and it's it's it can be harder on the road I think because you don't have that energy behind you you don't have that that fan base behind you and and sometimes everybody's just kind of waiting for somebody else to to make something happen so I think uh, it, I think that can be a problem a lot of times with slow starting teams. That diffusion of responsibility, right? It's you're all going out there and like, okay, we're going to win, but then nobody takes takes the reins and nobody takes charge of that situation, and and something bad has to happen, and somebody starts yelling, and a coach got to throw something or scream at somebody, and then you realize, okay, we're in a dogfight here, and uh, and the reactions start coming. But yeah, that sense of urgency especially in, you know, different sports like hockey, right. With, uh, an 80, what is the 82 game schedule? It, it's hard to be fired up and on point every night, but I don't know, sometimes you just need that perspective and, and sit back and understand that, uh, you know, sooner or later, it's going to be taken away from you. So it really behooves you to, uh, make the most of every opportunity and instance, you you get to play any professional sport.
0: Well, I like how you put that, too. You're waiting for someone else to do it. And I wonder on a team like the Oilers, too. I mean, they got a couple of, they got two guys
1: who score most of the goals. Yeah. (laughs) So they're kind of like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) you guys, uh, you haven't scored yet. So we're just waiting for that to happen. Maybe that's, uh, that could very well be the scenario uh, in in that regard, I would imagine. But it's hard to be on. I mean, even the best teams, right, have off nights and, and can have hard times coming out of the gates. And, there are evenings too where it seems like everything is just going against you, right? And like, I don't know, there are uh, there are little superstitions and and things that can happen. The football gods can be angry with you one day, or so on and so forth. So there's lots of things, and it's uh, it's slump busting, right? You get you got to get out of it, and you got to uh, give your head a shake and get the cobwebs out, and and that's why you, you ever see the players with the smelling salts before games. I mean, hockey yep. players, I think, do that as much as football players. The reason we're doing that, you know, it's uh we don't enjoy the smell of ammonia. We want to make sure our our heads are processing uh fast as possible. Like we want to wake the f up as as soon as uh, as quick as we can. That's why we're taking those smelling salts. We haven't knocked each other out in in the warm-ups. We're like I need to get my mind and uh you know, my my senses processing as as quickly and rapidly as as possible. I'm sure there's never been a study on this actually having any um, any help or benefit, but for a bunch of us, I mean, I used to do it before every game, just because if I wasn't feeling it or I was a little foggy or or whatever, thinking about something else, boom, that kind of snaps you back into it, a little bit of a wake up call for your for your senses.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good story, Doug. Uh, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Enjoy the uh, the Grey Cup, and uh, maybe we can talk during the NFL postseason or leading into the Super Bowl. Man, that would be fun.
1: Sounds good, my friend. Thank you, as always, for having me on.
0: That is Doug Brown from CGOB in Winnipeg, former great player in the CFL with the Blue Bombers. And uh, as he told you, since 2012, doing the uh, color commentary with Bob Irving on CGOB. And Bob called his last game, the West Final, yesterday. So do we all need to walk around with smelling salts? Maybe that's the solution. Maybe the Oilers need stronger smelling salts on the bench. Remember a couple of years ago, uh, the former Oiler Mark Letestu was with the Jets and the... Camera caught him uh, inhaling a a packet of mustard, and that had something to do with his uh, getting fired up and being alert for the game as well. Maybe, I I don't know, maybe some hot sauce. The weather's going to have some hot sauce in the water bottle. Maybe that'll help him. (laughs) We'll try almost anything at this point to have a better first period. It's 7.49. The uh, second half is underway in Buffalo. Patriots leading the Bills. Eleven seven. I think I just saw some stats. The Patriots have thrown one pass. Is that right? Did you see that, Kellen? Just checking the box I score. I haven't. The, no. the Patriots have attempted one pass. Well, it's very windy. Oh boy. Uh, Mac Jones is one for one for twelve yards, and they had twenty three carries for one hundred and forty nine yards. So that's one way to keep it out of the wind. Just keep ground running game. it over and over again. Yeah, ground and pound. Back after this break. Inside sports on Chet. <sighs> All right, dry soil and the Oilers take on Minnesota. Tomorrow at Rogers Place, Furnace Family Oilers Hockey starts with the face-off show at 5.30. The game is at 7. In the NHL tonight, the Senators get by the Devils 3-2 in a shootout. The Avalanche beat the Flyers 7-5. Flyers changed coaches today. Vigneault out, yo in. Cale McCarr scored a beauty on an end-to-end rush in that game. Capitals over the Ducks 4-3 in a shootout. Coyotes and Stars 1-1 midway through the second period. Kings and Canucks, Penguins and Kraken will start in about ten minutes. And as I mentioned, the Monday nighter now two and a half minutes into the third quarter. Patriots leading the Bills eleven seven. The Oilers woes. They have a couple of them for sure. Five on five play being one of them. Defenseman Tyson Barry on how to improve the five on five play. Yeah, I think it's um you know i, I want to say the word predictability but not i mean to ourselves to know where we're going to be and to know what our roles are and what uh, positions we're supposed to be in to put ourselves in, uh, in good spots for success and i think just repeatedly doing that even if it's you know seems monotonous or whatever you have to continue to do the same things that are going to make you successful and i think you know right now we're just a little bit too you know we're unsure of you know where we're supposed to be or what we're you know what we're doing so i think we just have to be committed to to play in the, the right, correct way at 5-on-5, five five. and um, I think it'll, it'll change some things around for us. Oilers still dealing with a lot of injuries, too. Dave Tippett with the update on Duncan Keith and Mike Smith.
1: Keith didn't skate today, and Smith actually didn't skate today, but they're scheduled to keep going this week. But can they practice with the main squad yet? Uh, I don't think. Schmidt would have maybe took part of the practice today. Uh, Keith wouldn't have practiced today.
0: All right, Cody Cece, who's been in COVID protocol, he might be able to skate on Wednesday. Game two of the Oilers Six Game Homestand tomorrow. Coverage starts at 5 30 here on 630 Chad. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Always appreciate it. My name's Reed. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.